Hello, everyone. This is David Douthit. This is Molly Douthit. And welcome to More Than Hearing, a podcast to encourage preachers to use multiple intelligences in sermons and worship leadership, because there are plenty of ways to reach someone's soul. Today's podcast will cover the lectionary selections for the second Sunday in Advent Year A. Isaiah sees a new shoot sprouting from an old stump. The psalmist prays that the king will be filled with God's justice. Paul reminds the Romans that Christ welcomed them, so pay that forward, y'all. And in Matthew, John the Baptist has some startling words for those who think they've got God all figured out. Wondering what to do with these texts? We have some ideas. We've established this podcast based on Dr. Howard Gardner's theory of multiple intelligences. Dr. Gardner suggests that there are multiple ways to learn, process, remember, and understand our world. Each week, we develop illustrations and special effects for the weekly readings of the Revised Common Lectionary. They use various smarts based on Dr. Gardner's identified intelligences. We call them word smart, eye smart, math smart, body smart, music smart, nature smart, people smart, and self smart. You can read more about Dr. Gardner's work by clicking on the link at the top of our webpage. As we read and reflect on the scripture passages for each week, we explore ways these intelligences can be utilized for a deeper appreciation of God's Word. Anytime and any way we can make use of the different smarts, we give people greater access to the Word of God so they can acquire it, process it, and internalize it in ways that make sense to them. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. It's good to have you back to the show or uh, here for the first time, if it's your first time. And we hope that you are uh, enjoying your Advent preparations, uh, or at least that they're going well for you. We're, uh, we're looking at Advent 2 this week and pressing our way through. And then probably what's going to happen, as in past years, is we're going to leave you to your own devices for Christmas, uh, for Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Christmas 1, and Christmas 2. <laughs> so uh, most churches, I think, have plenty A to keep them traditions. busy mm-hmm. uh, and or nobody showing up uh, <laughs> Variably. Um, so anyway, we're expecting to come back next with um, baptism well, a- after Advent mm-hmm. uh, with baptism of the Lord, which would be January 12 this yes. year. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully we'll get it out a little early. We'll see. You know how we run on that. Um, <laughs> we'll do our best. Yep. But if you're if you're looking for uh, things prior to that, you can always go back and see what we did uh, in previous years. Yes, yes, always. I mean, we've that. we've got we've got an archive now. You we can do. go do that. We do. So you can Don't always feel look nearly at that. as guilty about leaping over <laughs> something anymore. Even though uh, just about every year we have leaped over Christmas one and two. <laughs> And Epiphany. Well, we've, as we've, we've said, done Epiphany once. Yes, once, just this past year. But yeah. anyway, yeah. you've got your traditions, so... And we've got and, ours, and, and, and that includes skipping, <laughs> skipping Christmas. Skipping Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, looking at Advent 2, we're going to switch things up here a little bit, and we're going to start with the gospel lesson for Advent 2, year A, which is Matthew 3, verses 1 through 12. This is the appearance of John the Baptist in the wilderness of Judea, and he is calling people to repent, uh, and they do. 
They come out to be baptized from all over the region of Judea and uh, along the region of the Jordan. And uh, then he catches up with a few Pharisees and Sadducees, well, actually many of them, who have also come out and uh, lays into them pretty good. Mm-hmm. You brood of vipers, you illegitimate children of snakes, <laughs> as I recall. Yes. Um, and we came across that one a couple of years ago and yeah, had a hearty laugh. Indeed. So um, he uh, lays some threat on them more than invitation. Uh, kind of depends on your perspective yes, on that, but right. uh, a threatening invitation, I guess. Anyway, <laughs> and then he uh, announces the coming of the one who will be greater than he, uh, whose sandals he is not worthy to carry, and uh, that he will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. We have, uh, let's see, five or so uh, ideas for you here. So let's jump in. Uh, Just a a note for iSmart that um, we have done this before, I think, the baptism of fire part. We did that three years ago, I think, and in various places along the way. Yeah, you could probably just Um, go to the website and do a search of baptism uh, yeah. The baptism of fire. Yeah. yeah. So uh, one of the ways that you can do that uh, is setting your uh, baptismal font on fire. Uh, <laughs> and another is pouring alcohol that is burning into your baptismal font. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, of course, you want to be very, very careful in such stunts. Uh, but we do have some ideas on that in previous episodes. Yes. If you haven't done it, it does get people's attention. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And be sure you have a fire extinguisher. Absolutely. And yes. and if you try it, it's not our fault. <laughs> you do it at your own risk. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Molly's got a few things here for math smart. What do you got there? Well, it's uh, based on verse 3 about making paths straight. And I was reading a commentary at the Christian Century, Katie Hineshaw, who says, Any engineer would tell you what my grandfather learned. It's no small thing to build a highway, let alone through a wilderness. High places have to be made low, rough places a plain. In the process, some people will lose and some will gain. Ha, she rhymed. For some, the highway will seem like salvation. Others aren't going to like the way things turn out. Shut up. And yet we still build highways, which got me to thinking about my dad, who was a civil slash architectural engineer. And I found some videos that dad would have loved because once upon a time, he actually built a road outside Hot Springs, South Dakota. Um, So anyway, I have three different videos, one that shows some basic needs and plans for building a road from a a company in Kentucky. Uh, It shows the time, material, energy, and resources used to make a path straight. I have another video of more uh, road construction, and then a third video of some unique ways that people have adapted material for building roads. The the third video, the first two minutes, have some uh, uh, ways that people are reusing recycled old tires mm-hmm. to patch roads, if nothing else. Uh, it's really kind of clever. So anyway, um, yeah, so if you've got engineers or uh, anybody with any sort of civil engineering training in your congregation, they'll love that part about making paths straight and, and what you need to do to do it. It's not just going out and saying, okay, let's shake this map. There's actual planning 
resources, energy, and time mm-hmm. that goes into making a path straight. So that there travels might be over some into parallels there yeah, for our spiritual some theology. Lives. There, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, nice, so, nice. Anyway, so there's math. Okay. What else have we got? We've got body smart. So the idea of being out in the Judean wilderness, uh, which has some nature smart to it, but mm-hmm. uh, it's basically desert scrubland for mm-hmm. the most part, um, rolling hills, little vegetation, occasional uh, streams and wadis. And then you get out near the Jordan and you know there's a little bit more there, but and levels out there. But the, the wilderness is mostly... Uh, this scrubby hill country. Mm -hmm. And um, so have you ever been out in the deserty kinds of of territory like that? United States West and Southwest have a lot of similar terrain. Uh, So if you live there, perhaps so. I myself have walked a little bit around Qumran in uh, in the West Bank, and uh, it is that area of uh, of the wilderness. I've walked in Arches National Park in Utah and White Sands, New Mexico, and all of those are very very dry places. So, um, having grown up in Western Pennsylvania, where there are trees everywhere. The absence of plants and the dryness of the earth and air is pretty remarkable. Again, that's all kind of nature smarty. But where it comes into body is that being out in in that wilderness, uh, I became particularly aware of my breath as it came in the dry passages of nose and mouth, uh, became aware of my, my tongue, mm. uh, my skin. Oh, yeah. Skin for sure. Uh, the dryness and the heat. Mm-hmm. And you just feel the, the moisture evaporating out yeah. of your skin. Your hair, too. Just yeah, well, sh- gone. Yeah. Well, yes, my hair is gone, so I don't <laughs> notice it as much as you. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and in the legs, because it's kind of sandy or... Hard to walk, yeah. Either sandy or rocky, mm-hmm. um, uh, noticing the muscles, right? So all of those experiences uh, in the body of, of being affected by the dryness and heat. So uh, for special effect, it, uh, sort of, invite your folks to imagine themselves in that desert wilderness and uh, that they become aware then of their breath, tongue, skin, legs, as you might in the desert. Uh, if you live out there in the desert regions, then that might not be as interesting a thing. That might be just be you know everyday experience. <laughs> Sunday, yeah. But just to become conscious of it, perhaps uh, I don't know. Um, but then perhaps imagine coming to the stream of water. Uh, and and getting into it for that baptism and how that contrasts uh, mm-hmm. and and how might that contrast be like repentance? Hmm. You can also compare it with like jumping into a swimming pool on a really hot day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Going along with that region is uh, going to Music Smart. We have a folk song. Uh, from Israel about En Gedi, which is the community on the shore of the, the uh, western side of the Dead Sea. So it's right uh, in that cusp between the uh, wilderness and the and the Dead Sea. Mm-hmm. So the Dead Sea isn't a huge uh, benefit in terms of water, but there is there is an oasis there. 
Um, so, uh, interesting song, and the lyrics, if you go to the link that we have, uh, it's got the lyrics, and it's, it's kind of, you know, by, it refers to the Sea of Death. So, I don't oh. know if that's a translation thing, mm. you know, the Dead Sea. Right, right. Um, and, and just talking about how the wind just barely moves things, and hmm. it's all, you know, and the, the land grows yellow under the sun. Huh. down and it you know just the sense of the harshness and then it says but and getty uh, you won't forget because of the waters and the, everything that's there and um, so it it's a neat song i i uh, a lot of nature smart in that song absolutely cool and speaking, speaking of, of which, nature smart uh, got some uh, illustrations and a special effect. Uh, one of the illustrations. Um, so discuss the importance of going to a wilderness place for a spiritual retreat, uh, reflection and renewal. To be out in the elements is to be in the midst of only what God has made and not what humans have made. It really reconnects us with our primal nature as creatures and vulnerable creatures at that. Uh, going along with this discussion, you might open it with a trailer for uh, Bear Grylls' new Netflix show, You vs. Wild. Uh, if you're not familiar with Bear Grylls, he's the adventure naturalist, environmentalist, reality show guy who goes out in the wild and um, puts himself in some survivalist sorts of situations. And in this new show, he's doing it again, only it's interactive. So uh, you have an opportunity to um, to choose which he does. Is he going to jump over something or rappel down something? Which bug is he going to eat? Things like that. So uh, it sounds kind of interesting. And um, he's still alive, so obviously nobody <laughs> sent him the wrong way. Also in verse 10, um, about the axe being at the root of the tree, uh, in an arid climate like Judea, it's really imperative that plants bear fruit. The axe lying at the root of the tree indicates that the gardener is about to do some pruning. This tree is not productive, so it's about to be chopped down and thrown into the mulch pile. So the warning there is to the people who have come out to see John the Baptist, are you producing fruit? If not, this is your fate. Going on to self-smart, we have uh, first some something from an article from Elizabeth Meyer at the Salt Plus Project. Uh, she says, the warnings and metaphors of chaff and grain urge the people to consider their lives and turn to God. And so uh, the quote would be, what, what the wind and fire remove are the impurities, the anxieties, self-absorption, apathy, or greed that make us less generous, less just, or less respectful of others. Alexander Solzhenitsyn has it right. There is a line between good and evil, but it doesn't run between groups. It runs through the heart of each person. So, uh, some ways to think about the way that uh, these things drive us would be to think about um, traffic laws and the, the fines that are imposed if you break the rules that's supposed to keep the drivers in order. Or food labels that are supposed to help us make good choices about what we eat. Uh, the laws and statutes in place in our society and our communities are to shape our better behavior. And that's what John is calling people to. He's being the uh, uh, traffic cop. He's being the uh, 
uh, dietitian, the uh, <laughs> right, and and uh, the doctor that tells you you need to lose weight and stop smoking. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for special effect, then ask these questions for reflection: What winnowing forks, winds, fires, and axes have worn away your outer hull and provided opportunities for you? to be more fully the person God intends you to be. All right, let's go on. The epistle lesson for year A, Advent 2, is from Romans chapter 15, verses 4 through 13. Uh, Some of the commentary I've read has said this is kind of the climax of the letter. This is where um, Paul is really getting to the heart of what he's been doing for (laughs) 15 chapters. Uh, It begins at verse 4, and he writes, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So then he goes on to talk a little bit about how that exhibits itself in uh, in the body with harmony and with one voice. Uh, goes on to encourage folks to welcome one another as Christ has welcomed us, gives several scripture uh, allusions uh, to why the Gentiles are to be welcomed, and then finishes it up with, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. There you go. Um, So for this particular uh, passage, we have one, two, three, four, five uh, of the intelligences and with illustrations and special effects for some or all of them. Anyway, let's go ahead and start with word, David. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Looking at verse four, which refers right at the beginning there to whatever was written in the former days. Uh, written for our instruction. And so thinking about some historical documents of our in our own uh, milieu, and uh, for those of us in the United States, that might include things like the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and so on. Um, in larger Western European society and uh, thinking as a Presbyterian, you might also include the Magna Carta or the Scottish Covenant. Um, And then uh, we also have a a link to several of those different uh, items. And then there's another one from a a website called Our Documents. It refers to several of those, um, the U.S. ones in particular, and then such things as the Emancipation Proclamation, the 19th Amendment, the 13th Amendment, and then a whole long list of other things. So lots and lots of historic documents. And some of them uh, did good for justice and, and you know, promoting Harmony human welfare and, and all that. And some of them uh, less Not so. Not as much. So uh, interesting to look repealed. at. Some have been repealed. Yeah. Uh, anyway, take a look at some of those documents and and uh, refresh your folks on their history. We will have those links over at the show notes at our website, www.morethanhearing.org, and you can uh, chase down those links in the show notes, and you can also download our worksheets. And we kind of recommend you download the worksheet, and that might actually spark something uh, for your own intelligences. Mm-hmm. 
For iSmart, we have a special effect that builds on a self-smart idea. So we'll get to that when we get to self-smart in the the show. But here's another self-smart illustration. It's an experiment with 3D perception and parallax in vision. Each of your eyes sees the world just a little bit differently. So if you're not sure about that, hold one hand up in front of your eye and see how things shift. And sometimes it's hard to line things up. Uh, So it is perhaps with different groups of people like the Jews and the Gentiles in this passage. They need to, they're each looking at the world through a particular lens. And Paul is saying, y'all put on this similar pair of glasses because that's what we want this to be about. You're looking through God's vision at the two of you. And the way God sees you, there's no difference. For Bonnie Smart, in the earlier verses, Paul encourages the strong to support the weak. And while it's not explicit in these passages, the idea carries over into the concept of harmony and unity here. So, um, uh, like strong singers that carry the weaker ones, well, music smart there, um, we also have stronger people who help weaker people or, or people who are in a situation of weakness. Mm-hmm. So uh, think of the training that firefighters and EMTs and other emergency personnel go through to be physically able to assist people and bring them out of dangerous situations. Then for a special effect, there's an old youth ministry game where you set up a string on a pole or a cup between a couple poles or a bar, you know, like a, a high jump or mm-hmm. a, a limbo bar that's mm-hmm. set high mm-hmm. uh, or some other similar barrier that is at a height that you can't just walk over. And the idea is that the youth in your group have to figure out how to get everybody over the barrier and um, without moving the barrier without moving the barrier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they have to work together to lift each other up and, port each other hmm. across. So um, that could be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, I've never actually done that, one, <laughs> <laughs> but I've thought about it a lot, and uh, I think it's in a book from Youth Specialties or Probably. something. So um, sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, ask your youth advisors if if uh, if you're not familiar with that, right. but uh, um, give that a try. We're heading on to People Smart now, um, and we got a uh, quote from J.R. Daniel Kirk, uh, who is writing on this particular passage over at Working Preacher, and he says, what does a Jesus-like body of Christ look like here on earth? And he answers his question by saying this, it looks like people whom the world would separate into different tribes, rejecting those boundaries, gathering under the same roof and mixing the voices that the world would keep separate in songs of praise to God. We show that we live in harmony by singing in harmony. There's music There's all over this passage. And, the on- and, and that can only be done when we are sitting in the same room. So if you were, oh, hey, nice, I like that. (laughs) More Uh, music. (laughs) And from a hot musical, too. Uh, So 
Uh, verse five, living in harmony. Of course, I thought of a choir because I sing in a choir, which literally lives in harmony when everyone is on the proper notes and our choir director isn't glaring at our tenor who's improvising. <laughs> uh, and there are other groups. Uh, so choir is a good illustration of people living in harmony. Other groups that live in harmony, sports teams, for example, and the current World Series champs, the Nationals, had a great vibe, according to many reports and fans. I've got a link to an article that talks about that, and it was really true. We had a good time with that. Uh, military units need to be harmonious for survival, and classrooms that are all attentive and working on a common project. Eh, that may be more of a wish than a realized thing sometimes, though. <laughs> For self-smart, uh, another quote that we have from Valerie Nicolette Anderson at Working Preacher. She says, Unity, according to Christ, also means that differences are not erased. Members do not have to conform to one particular pattern of behavior, but they do have to realize that the essential and defining character of their identity is now Christ. So um, think of a jigsaw puzzle uh, that has pieces that are distinct shapes and distinct patterns that are meant to fit together into a whole. That's W-H-O-L-E. <laughs> <laughs> into one whole. Depends on how you put puzzles together, I, I guess. Yeah. Uh, stuff it into the hole. <laughs> um, each individual in the congregation is like one of those pieces. So here's where the uh, iSmart part comes in, the special effect that Molly mentioned. Uh, you could hand out pieces of a puzzle, a jigsaw puzzle, uh, one that you probably don't want back. Yeah, because you're not going to get them back. Uh, so hand out pieces to everybody and allow them to consider questions such as these around verse 7. What would it look like when Christ welcomes you? Imagine the setting and what's going on and how Jesus welcomes you. Is it with a big smile and a hug, arms around your shoulder, or a simple handshake perhaps, or a wave? Uh, is there an opportunity to just sit and breathe and just be present with each other? And how then do you pay that forward and uh, who have you welcomed lately and how, or who do you need to welcome and why? And what piece of the puzzle does that person bring? Okay, let's go on. The psalm for year A, Advent 2, is Psalm 72, verses 1 through 7 and 18 through 20. This is a prayer for the king. Uh, and that God might make the king righteous and just, and that uh, under the rule of the king, that the cause of the poor would be upheld and the needy would be delivered uh, as long as the sun endures, may such a reign carry forward. And blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. We have four intelligences for you here. We have word smart, math smart, music smart, and people smart. So, Molly, uh, I believe you have word smart. Yes. Um, the word righteousness is shows up frequently in the Psalms and in the Old Testament, particularly the prophets. And um, it's a word that people know, but 
they don't really know. It kind of has a tendency to be just so, uh, and it, well, let me admit this maybe is more my experience. It seems, sounds more like a buzzword. And after a while, buzzwords just lose all meaning. So I thought, well, why don't we look up what righteousness means and find some synonyms. Synonyms are integrity, decency, worthiness, honor, and honesty. All things you'd like to have in a king. Mm-hmm. So uh, th- that's an illustration. So um, a special effect. Sometimes maybe it would help to use a synonym for the word. So maybe substitute one of these synonyms for the word righteousness, either as you read this particular psalm or if you use it as a call to worship or if you use it for an opening or an ending for prayers. Um, just pull in those synonyms because sometimes well, particularly integrity, decency, worthiness, honor, honesty, I think they really are things that we look for in our leaders. And um, yeah, we want that. So a little people smart around there as well. Yeah, a little. Turning to math smart and looking at verse four, where it uh, hopes that the king will defend the cause of the, the poor and the needy. Uh, we're putting this in Math Smart because it's where we put legal stuff. And to some extent, this is what we're talking about, is a, a taking legal action to lift up the cause of the poor. So we have a series of links for you to organizations for whom that is their primary business. So the uh, ACLU, uh, which is the American Civil Liberties Union. The SPLC, the Southern Poverty Law Center, the Poor People's Campaign, the Anti-Defamation League, and Life After Hate. Um, that one's a little bit different in that it's um, it's a group that's working with folks who are coming out of uh, the white nationalist and white supremacist and and uh, um, hate other hate groups. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Amnesty International would fit in there, too. Yes. Yes. So um, take a look at those and their role in in, uh, society and what their goals are and see how that would work out as an illustration for you. For Music Smart, I found three different songs that um, are allusions to or work with this particular uh, psalm. One of them is called, Hear the Message We Are Now Proclaiming. Uh, It is in Spanish, but uh, the link that I have also has some English in it, too. So there are links to all three of these in the show notes, so you can go over there and take a listen. The second one is called For the World and All Its People, and we have a sound clip for that. And then finally, Justice... Boy, this is hard to say. Justice Shall Flourish. (laughs) (laughs) Too many S sounds. Justice Shall Flourish in His Time which is an allusion specifically to this particular psalm. So we have those links. Go take a listen. If you don't have your music chosen, or if you do have your music chosen, you can even just, you know, mention it. For people smart, thinking about the uh, the cause of the poor and the needy, um, invite your folks to consider just how aware are you of the need for justice and deliverance in your community? Who and how many Uh, are oppressed by injustice, poverty, and discrimination. And encourage people not to assume that they know if they haven't done the research, and then 
do the research, figure it out and find out just how bad is this problem. Then ask, what are our leaders doing to address the problems? And what are we doing? And what am I doing? All right, let's go on. The Old Testament lesson for Advent 2, year A, is Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. If you're very familiar with Isaiah, you know this is the, uh, the peaceable kingdom passage. Uh, it's also the shoot shall come out of the stump of Jesse, a branch growing out of its roots. Uh, goes on to talk about what that day will be like when this happens, uh, the way that uh, there will be a champion that has righteousness and faithfulness. Uh, the wolf will live with the lamb, leopard lie down with a kid, that's the peaceful kingdom, uh, and a child shall lead them. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain. And on that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the people. The nation shall inquire of God, and God's dwelling shall be glorious. So we have one, two, three, four, five uh, of the intelligences that we're going to look at, and we're going to start with I. And what caught my attention with that one was verse 10, the root that stands as a signal. And I got to thinking, what are some signals that we see pretty regularly? Well, we see traffic signals. We see signs in shopping malls or airports, particularly for stores. We see bathroom door signs. For a special effect, bring in or project signals that are common that people see. You know what this is. You know what that means. Because a signal transmits information or instructions by means of gesture, action, or sound. A little word smart for you there. So uh, the root from Jesse's stump is a signal. And it is a signal to the people that God has not given up. Hmm. Because stumps are supposed to be dead, but there's a root coming out of it. So uh, as a special, yeah, right. So for a special effect for that, bring in a stump to set alongside uh, or put it in among all the other signals. That would be interesting. You have different signs and then a stump. (laughs) Right. For body smart, thinking about the uh, belt of righteousness here and the uh, belt of faithfulness that the promised one is going to be wearing. Uh, let's, let's make one or, or two. So, you know, like uh, one of those uh, belts that the wrestling champion gets or the boxing champion, you know, the great huge buckle. And, you know, the, the whole front of the thing is a 12-inch buckle, basically, right? <laughs> a trophy unto itself. So make something like that and gird yourself with it or a volunteer if you don't want to wear it. You know, get somebody up there and strap that around them. Uh, and then maybe the belt of faithfulness would be like a, a, a holster belt that hangs off one hip and goes down to the thigh on the other side and ties on, you know, to gird your loins. Mm. So, um, strapping on the belt there and, and, um, there's some eye smart there because of the visual, but then, you know, encouraging people to think what it would be like to wear righteousness that way, like a belt. Well, you could also bring in one of those, um, support belts for people who have back pain. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could use that and put the, uh, put put, the, put the pie plate on it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There we go. 
very quickly for Music Smart, we have a link for you to a, a presentation of the song Come, Come, Emmanuel, which is not the hymn, right. but it's a Taze chant. Yeah. And uh, very nicely done, and it's uh, pretty easy to do, and it would be something you can get your congregation to sing along pretty easily. You'd want to practice it some with your music folks, and there's a discant that, mm-hmm. that they've got in this this one, which you could use or not, mm-hmm. but uh, it just in repeating that that phrase, come, come, Emmanuel. Come, come Emmanuel. It's mm-hmm. an Advent uh, introit, I think, mm-hmm. is the way they refer to it. Mm-hmm. So uh, have a listen and give it a try. For Nature Smart, uh, I came across a lot of articles online about how to remove a stump from your yard once the tree is down. <laughs> Apparently, Epsom salts is a very effective, non-toxic way to dry up the moisture and remove it. Huh. Uh, so it would seem in this prophecy from Isaiah that the stump of Jesse didn't get the Epsom salts, but instead it retained the moisture of God's attention and mercy. Mm. Nice. Thanks. Another illustration talking further on about uh, people putting their children, putting their hands in adders' nests, Mm. uh, got to thinking, hmm, what about snake venom? So I went and looked up snake venom, and it has properties that scientists have learned are very useful for treating heart attacks. Yeah. Heart attacks. So there are hematoxins in snake venom, which uh, keeps the blood from clotting, which um, probably is a way to... That's what, what kills it, you. Yeah, it, it, it drains <laughs> the blood from their prey, then they can eat it. Um, it keeps the clotting compounds from functioning correctly. So that's why you use it for preventing heart attacks. It's mm. like blood, th- it's a blood thinner, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. So when you are stricken with heart failure upon seeing a serpent, its bite will revive you. Huh. <laughs> maybe not right away. Yeah. Well, let's let's maybe not put that one to the test. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and then for some uh, special effects, we we're pulling out the chia pet that we did uh, three, three years, four ago. years ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah. Um, but that you might know, have been one of the first ones. Uh, yeah, because I remember my chia pet rotted. It was disgusting. <laughs> um, and then for the uh, uh, Peaceable Kingdom, uh, bring in a bunch of stuffed animals and just pile them up up there. Yep. Predators and prey alike. Yes. Yep. For people smart, looking at verse 3, uh, that the one who is coming will not judge by what his eyes see or his ears hear. Being the geek, here's the uh, nerdgasm of the week. Luke Skywalker in the first uh, Star Wars movie, episode four now, practicing his lightsaber against the remote droid while he's there on the Millennium Falcon. And and Obi-Wan has him put on the helmet with a blast shield down so he can't see it. And he says, how am I supposed to fight? And he says, don't trust your senses. They will deceive you. And so he fights against the the little droid thing uh, using the force and not by what his eyes see or his ears hear. Uh, If you are a parent, try imagining how you might adjudicate among your kids without looking at their pleading faces or listening to their cries for justice or mercy, as the case may be. Um, how would that work and what criteria might you use instead? It sounds like you would have to do it uh, by letter. 
I was thinking a phone call because you wouldn't see them on a phone call yeah. through texts. Texts. Yeah. yeah. Unless they use emojis. Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe you'd just have to witness their behavior and figure it out for yourself mm. without... Uh, From across the yard. Yeah. 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 Get him down out of the tree now! <laughs> Then uh, lastly, studies show that there is a, a discrimination that happens in hiring when people reading resumes see a name that they associate with particular racial or ethnic minorities or social classes. Hmm. And, uh, you know, when are we going to get over that? I don't know. But I found four different articles that discuss this phenomenon from Harvard Business School, the National Bureau of Economic Research, UCLA, and Bustle.com, mm -hmm. uh, and they all talk about how that works. So I encourage you to take a look at that, download the, uh, the worksheet or look at the links on the show notes and um, think about how, how we uh, misperceive things because of our uh, our biases. biases. Well, that's our podcast for today. Please ask questions or leave us a comment on our website, www.morethanhearing.org or facebook.com slash morethanhearing or tweet us at morethanhearing or email us at connect at morethanhearing.org. If you tried any of these suggestions or maybe got an idea you like better than ours, Please let us know what you did and how it went. We'd love to hear how using this theory has made a difference in your preaching and worship. Remember to check out the show notes, worksheets, links, and resources at our website. They go hand in glove with the podcast and give you lots more material to work with. Don't forget to subscribe using the links on the website for iTunes, Google Play, Android, or good old RSS. Or point your podcatching software at morethanhearing.org slash feed slash podcast. Help others find us more easily by writing a review at the iTunes store. And of course, you can share the show with your friends and colleagues. We'll be back with another episode next week. In the meantime, stay subscribed and be smart. Which is actually the name of a, a uh, John Grisham novel, I think, Skipping Christmas. Anyway, Great. let's keep going. Let's go. Okay. <laughs>